This podcast is sponsored by Logos Bible Software. If you've been longing for the tools to take your Bible study deeper, you need to try out Logos. I've been personally using Logos for over a decade now for both my devotional and pastoral study. Right now, Logos has partnered with the Kingdom Dreamers to bring you exclusive savings. Check out at logos.com forward slash Kingdom Dreamer or click the link in the show notes for our exclusive offer. I have a dream. Well, yeah. Staggered by the winds of police brutality. Now, you have been the veterans of creative suffering. The ballot is to either ignore them or to deny them without giving And we stand together to win the war. One all yes, yes, we can. Yes, we can. It's crazy Let's go. Welcome to the Wild Wild World Show. Back another week in the chaos of the cosmos. This is the show about conscious Christian conversation about chaos in the cosmos. And there's a heck of a lot of it right now. Mm. Um, so Will and Kellen are back. Kellen, how you doing over there, man? Good, but you know, I, I feel like it's been a it's been a hectic week, hectic time, hectic couple weeks. Even our pre-show conversation is talking about some heavy topics. So I'm like, look, we got to make sure we bring the energy right now because we are excited to be here with y'all. This Kingdom Dreamer podcast, we're happy to be here with y'all. Wild, wild world. I'm doing okay as well as I can be with everything that's going on in the world. I'm not quite as down in the dumps as I was last week. You know, not quite as stressed. You know, I think I shared with y'all, I had, there were times I hadn't been sleeping, like I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm sleeping more, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little bit back to normal. Um, but we know the world is not normal right now and we don't want the world to get back to normal because normal wasn't working. Um, so, but I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here with you, my brother, and uh, glad to chop it up about things that's on the agenda this week, man. But before I, before we do that though, I got to do check in with you self-care like how are you doing well are you okay share uh i don't know how much i can share on there ways i mean i'm I'm all right i'm doing all right Um, okay it's been it's been an interesting week i can say that um challenges are there but i'm doing i'm doing pretty good relatively speaking putting all back in perspective always nice to chop it up on here Um, so you know what it is but Hey, y'all can support us, patreon.com forward slash kingdom dreamers. Uh, also check out kingdomdreamer.com. Mm-hmm. Find us everything there. Um, Twitter, the whole nine. Y'all know where it is. Um, know what it is. But we're, we're going to go, because we're in the literal chaos of the cosmos, mm. we're going to do another episode, a little bit old school for you. Um, the segments right of things will come back. They're not going away forever, but there's just these heavy topics that deserve full conversations or maybe if they don't deserve it they need it unfortunately which is kind of where we're at today um we're gonna weeks man yeah that's true that's true but uh this one feels feels like it's sad we have to do this but we got to do this yeah um so today what we're going to do is have a conversation around the very widely shared video that you don't need to watch you don't need to add to the (laughs) add to the nonsense but um yeah. Your girl Candace Owen shared a video that got like 45 million views in mm-hmm. the first 24 hours. Um, 
and is the reason we need to talk about it is because everybody and their mom has texted to me like a source that systematic racism against black America doesn't exist. Um, and that's highly problematic on multiple levels. Um, I don't know, Kelly, I don't know what your experience with this video has been. Maybe it's different. I don't know. We're we getting right into this, huh? We're we going right in. No Vaseline. I mean, I don't <laughs> we're know. Right into, just, right, let's go. No, let's get it. Let's get it. got to do it, man. I thought know. we were going to warm up to it, but but we're diving diving no, right in. We didn't. I, I've, seen, I've seen so much of it this week, man. I don't need any warm-up. Like, I've been – Okay. It's okay. been sitting here. It's pent up. We're um, not preheating the oven. We're putting that turkey right in. All yeah, right, well, you, you asked my experience. I mean, so I'm a, I'll be real with y'all. You know, initially, this was not something I had any desire to talk about on the show. And the reason being is because I ignore whatever Candace Owens has to say. 99 times out of 100. Actually, wasn't that long ago. It was only a couple weeks ago. Um, I had fallen back into my old ways and was getting into an internet argument with somebody. And I don't even remember the, the context. It was something. They, they were saying some racist nonsense or whatever, right? But trying to act like they weren't. Then they quoted, they, they, they pulled a Candace Owens quote out to try to prove whatever point. And I told him, I said, look, if you try to prove your point to me using Candace Owens, you already told on yourself. I don't care. I ain't listening to nothing else you got to say. Right? And so for me, that was the end of it. I'm like, okay, this is where you are. Um, so you asked my experience with this. I, as I told you um, pre-show, the reality is I've seen more conversation about the video or put it this way, I've seen more backlash to the video than conversation about the video itself, right? Like in my in my social circle, whatever, I haven't really encountered people sharing it, you know, whether it's on social media, nobody's definitely sending to me and says, see, 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 this, this makes sense. I've seen people being like, Candace Owens is an idiot. Why would you share? You know, like I've seen that element of things. Um, yeah. So that's been my personal experience. And so I knew she made this video. I hadn't paid attention to it because I said, okay, it's Candace Owens. I know she's going to say some out-of-pocket nonsense that I don't need to listen to anyway because I already know what she is and who she, who she is, which look, I, I ain't going to put the card in front of the horse. I ain't even going to get into all that. But that, that's the answer to your question, Will. It's, yeah. That's my I've, I've seen a little bit of both. I've seen you know quite a bit of my network being like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Here's why. Um, but I've seen far more than I like and people taking this as authoritative. And maybe that's because I'm widening them in a lot of white circles, I guess, as well. So it might no, be that. No, that's honestly, as you were talking, that's, that's what I was thinking. Like, this is an interesting, this is an interesting thing for wild, wild world here, right? Because mm -hmm. the reality is, well, you are white. You got more white people in your circle, in your world than I do. I, I mean, I have a diverse world or whatever, but my family is black. Like, I just, it's just, it's different. And I've often said, or I shouldn't say, I've often believed, I don't know how often I'll talk about this, but the people that listen to Candace Owens are, the vast majority of them are white folks. Because mm -hmm. Candace Owens, and just for the record, I'm not going to spend too much time denigrating Candace Owens as a person, right? Because I'm, 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 I'm somebody I try to believe that it, it's not the messenger, it's the message, right? So as we get into this, we're going to talk about the things she said, and we're going to offer our rebuttals and whatnot about the words that came out of her mouth, right? So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about she's this, she's that, or whatever. But because, well, you did mention people have been sharing this with you, right? Um, because I wouldn't be shocked if some of our listeners have seen this video and either thought that she made a lot of sense or that um, 
some of the points she made were good. So that's why we feel like it's important to do this. But just know, Candace Owens is the token Negro. She is the she her her entire role, the entire reason she exists as a public figure is to be the black person that says the thing that white people can't say because if white people said it and somebody else has said it, they will be deemed as racist. She's the person that gets out there and says the thing that a lot of folks think in their head, but they can't say out loud, right? And then they can point to Candace Owens and say, see, a black person said it. So it's not just me. See, a black person said it, even one of your mm-hmm. own, so it must be true. Or see, this is a black person, here, here's what I hear often, this is a black person that isn't about the high mind, that doesn't do group think, that, that hasn't bought into the lies that the left has fed black people. So what you're basically saying is 99% of black folks all think one way. 99% of black folks are all brainwashed. And this is the one person wise enough to think differently on the subject matter. And j- it just so happens that this is the person that you choose to listen to, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I say her audience is 99% white because black folks don't go for this nonsense, she says. And no, we don't all think alike, but there are things that she says in this video, and just in general, that are so blatantly false that you can't say this stuff to an audience of black people because we all know it's a lie. The only yeah. people that believe that are either people with racist ideologies or they are pe- non-black people that don't interact with black people, or at least that aren't in tune at all of what the quote-unquote black community or black people think it, think about social issues or whatever. Because she mm-hmm. says things that you just, if you've been around black folks or in the black community at all, you just know it's not true, right? right. We don't even have to pull facts out. We know they're lies. Um, but to the people that are in predominantly white or non-black areas that have opinions on these things that don't actually have any experience that she can speak to you and you might think it's true. Um, So, so most of the people, so I guess I've had nobody black has shared it with me. So that's that's (laughs) been whites and then some are not white, but not black as well. Um, But I think what's interesting, because we don't want to, I guess, before we jump into really breaking down what she said in the video, Mm -hmm. uh, I think you make a good point, right? We're not here to, attack people per se we want the things that people say we want to put in the right place but she's an interesting character um because of what she's done historically right so the first time somebody shared this video with me right um i didn't even watch the video and i was like i bet i can guess your script and i got it pretty close before watching the video right me too yeah it's because she's done this before so i mean and some of the people shared with me had never heard of her so that's fine if they didn't know the history but the history on her is uh she's kind of only recently risen to popularity during the trump administration really right in 2015 mm-hmm. she uh, i believe that's when she started with this turning point usa which is really a far right if not alt-right group right mm-hmm. um but she said she was apolitical or not apolitical um she wasn't with either like political party or something like that but then in 2017 she really made this shift to being like with the Trump administration, constantly sharing videos, almost as like a political pawn for whatever the far right view is. Yeah, and you're you're um, even you're even speaking it lightly. Well, I mean, there's evidence. I'm that speaking she, lightly. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm saying there's evidence that she was the editor or the creator of an anti-Trump website uh, some some years ago, right? Um, yeah. 
this is the same woman that has said things like racism doesn't exist anymore because I wasn't, I'm not a slave. And also she called the NAACP, I don't remember the exact quote, but essentially a, a hindrance to the progress of black people. That in and of itself is a ridiculous statement. But she said that after the NAACP helped her with a suit that she filed for yep. racism. So yep. she fought, she got the NAACP's help to file suit against some people for doing things she called racist. And now when there's money involved, when she, you know, is on TV, she's now saying, oh, racism doesn't exist and the NAACP <laughs> is is bad. So she's very, she, is she so transparently a opportunist, a talking head, somebody that's yeah. being, being proper. It, it, it's extremely transparent to anybody that wants to take even a look. Now, that doesn't mean she's not saying things that people don't agree with. She is yeah. saying things that people agree with. I don't know how much she actually believes it, but whatever, the point is she is, she, you know, they say politics is kind of like sports now, right? People choose their side and they argue. It's like debate club. She is choosing a side to argue and debate because that's where her, her bread is buttered. That's where the money is. And she, you know, she goes full bore. And again, she, she's not, as we'll see in a video, she positions herself as talking to black America, but she knows, and I hope you're smart enough or you're, you're now in tuned enough to know and understand she's not talking to black America. She's talking to white people presented it as if she's talking to black America because black America don't listen to nothing she has to say. So she's, we, we should do better. She has completely distanced herself from black America in many ways. And again, I'm not going to go into her life and all of that, but there's a lot. Yeah. She, she is not in, she is not a representative of black America in the sense that she has, wants very little to do with black America. So this whole, as we go through, you, uh, uh, you know, if you see the video, she's speaking to white and non-black America directly. Like this, this is the whole ploy. So um, yeah. I don't know. If yeah, that's point, about, but go that's ahead. Probably not. I mean, that's the point, right? She's, she's it. Her history has shown us that she's playing herself as a political pawn and it's working for her. Mm -hmm. She's clearly getting views, getting hype over it. Yeah. Um, so that should call you to question things right away right? right that's that's really the point is her history shows otherwise like she also claimed the nra was a, a civil rights organization yeah, she, said civil but, she said she said all sorts of wild stuff we're not gonna go into all the past right but, but here but we're, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through the video not necessarily second by second but we're gonna go through things that she said and we're gonna talk about them and discuss them so regardless of who the messenger is the message itself is wrong and incorrect. So we're going to break that down. And so as, as we do this, you know, again, we don't necessarily want to give her nonsense video views, but you know, if you want to follow along, find some third party that has reposted it or something. So, uh, you know, you can see this off for yourself and then, you know, please, uh, as I do encourage y'all feel free to email us, uh, DM us, whatever, reach out to us. If you got some thoughts or you know, things to say about it, if you disagree with us, agree with us, whatever, you know, be a part of the conversation here. Um, and I think, well, I, I, I might've mentioned before, but you know, the reason, again, the reason we're doing this, normally I don't engage in stuff like this. Um, normally in my personal life, I just say, Hey, if you really care about this issue, do your own research, look at it, read up, read up on it. It's not that hard. You could spend a couple hours in the evening before you go to bed and you could read, you know, a couple of articles in the, Atlantic, <laughs> you know what I mean, and get some, get a little bit of education on some of these issues like police brutality and whatnot, because um, it's all so easily out there and readily available. So typically, I say, look, if all you're doing is sharing a Candace Owens video, you're not serious because you're not, you don't actually care about this issue 
you're just finding some talking head that says things that you already agree with. But did figure, hey, look, we want to have this rebuttal out there so that, you know, even if you're a person that is kind of in agreement with us, if you see somebody share this, hey, feel free to share this, either the video or the podcast with somebody. Um, so you're you know, typing so much in the comment section. Right, right, right. So, you know, we figured it's important to do. So this is probably be the only time I really interact with this Candace Owens video. Um, but, you yeah. know, we're going to go ahead and do it, Will. Um, so if I gag a few times in the background, you know, y'all just ignore me. <laughs> it's, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very bitter dish we're about to have here. So um, go ahead, bro. <laughs> well, I guess that's, uh, I don't know if we want to go point by point, but let's start automatically with the premise that she tries to build it off of, right? Mm -hmm. That she, because I, I forget what it's actually, this is in the title of it or something like that, but she doesn't believe that George Floyd is, should be celebrated as a martyr is essentially what she says, right? Right. Right away. I'm not sure she understands what the word martyr means, mm -hmm. right? So to be a martyr means you willingly lay down your life as opposed to rejecting usually a religious belief or some type of belief, right? You die for a cause, right. willingly. George Floyd did not die for a cause. He was murdered. That's very different than being a martyr, willingly lay down your life. He did the opposite. He cried for his life while it was taken from him. Right. So the, the first premise right off the bat is problematic right that's not that's a misses what the whole point of protest what all of it's about right Most to, right nobody's saying he's a martyr not a single person has said that right not that at all no not not at all it, it was one thing that's been unique about this situation uh, about the george floyd killing versus the one you know all the myriad of one of killings that we've heard about over the past say 10 years is that the character of George Floyd was not really even part of the discussion for the first solid week. It didn't need to be because his, his murder was so evident and clear. So yeah. when Candace Owens came out with this video, she, it, 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 it's a false narrative. She's the, like you said, the whole purpose of the video that, Oh, I won't make him a hero or a martyr. That was never being done. She created this argument out of, out of thin air, out of whole cloth. Right. People were saying we're going to we're going to acknowledge the man. We're going to remember the man. We're not going to let his his death be in vain. But he was not deified or ever portrayed as a hero. The first thing I remember about hearing hearing about George Floyd as a man in any way, shape or form, as a human, as a person. Right. Like personality wise was when Steven Jackson. Uh, the NBA player who was uh, who grew up with him and was a friend of his made the video um, saying, "Man, they killed my brother!" Right, and he said he went to he moved to Minnesota, he moved to Minneapolis to find a better life, to start a better life, to kind of start fresh. Right now, we all know what that means. Typically, you, things ain't been you know the best where you are, and so you're relocating to find a fresh start. That's the very first thing I ever remember hearing about him as a person. So this whole you know she. The, the premise of it is he's not not only not a martyr, but he's not going to be our hero. That 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 was an argument she created and then argued against. So from the jump, we're already off. Yeah, <laughs> we're already, just, we're already left. The whole foundation is already wrong, right? Right. Um, yeah, and it is crazy because this you know we've typically seen with the pattern of 
police killings of black men in particular, it's usually quick to bring some discredit to what type of person they are. Uh, the fact that you had to really be the first one to pull this out after a week is highly questionable. That brings to the second part, right? Mm -hmm. Is that qualifying a person's death by what they've done is just disgusting to begin with on any level you want to put it in my mind. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't, this is what's crazy. It doesn't matter. Like even if he was out here murdering people and stuff in my mind, that doesn't mean that you justify anybody's death. That automatically means you just don't value human life. You don't see them in the image of God, but that's not even George Floyd, right? She goes off to read a list of, whatever his rapture was in most of oh, the oh, we'll get to that we'll, yeah, oh, we'll get to you got something to say with oh well look that that's that's later on she's well we, yeah go ahead go ahead i'm just saying like the the first premise that you would even qualify something to say his death is okay that's such a, that's a highly questionable Thing to do. Uh, and she's very insi in in insidious here because throughout the the video she stops and multiple times says what what uh officer Chauvin did was wrong and I'm not and he should get whatever comes to him and the family should get justice and so I'm not defending him. She constantly says she's not defending the officer and that what he did was wrong, but she says that immediately after and immediately before she then says says something else disparaging about George Floyd, which is designed to diminish the value of his life to make his death less meaningful, right? Exactly. And even still, a police officer's job is not to be judge and jury. Police don't sentence. Police aren't supposed to make judgments about somebody's guilt or innocence. They are supposed to arrest, or they, they are supposed to do a number of things. But a situation like this, when a crime has been committed, they are supposed to take a person into custody if need be, and then let the the system handle it from there. So regardless of what he did, even if he even if he was the they called came because he shot the shop owner, right? If he was unarmed and not a threat, to kill him in that way or to kill him in general and to kill him in that way was still uncalled for. There's nothing he could have done in the eight minutes of that video we saw where he never had a weapon, he wasn't resisting, not nothing he could have done that would have called for that. Point blank mm -hmm. period. No matter he could have been Hitler. And it's like that. Uh, for the police of Minneapolis, that is not their job. They did not do their job. And they did not do the job that, of protecting and serving, right? And quite frankly, I still haven't heard if this so-called so counterfeit money that he used was actually counterfeit or not, right? It we, was proven later that it wasn't. That it wasn't. But I'm, that what I'm seeing, yeah. So okay. the so, whole thing was based off of Bugs premise. Yeah, so, so just anyways, regardless of um, what he did, it doesn't matter. And she she says that, but you can tell she doesn't mean it because she, again, keeps harping on what he's done, right? Um, but anyway, well, so, and, go ahead. So that, just on that point, right? Uh, like, what she's doing is what's continually happened in white America. It's a way to ease the guilt of not dealing with all that's happened. It's just not, you know, recognizing the history, the presence of systematic oppression, all these things, mm -hmm. by saying, yeah, that's bad, but right so she follows the same logic like she has a well non-logic really right but there's a clear strategy with what she's doing you know what i mean right and now and within that and as we start going through the video um she also has a lot of things to say about the black community 
in general, black people, um, who I guess make up the black community, because you know, there's not really a white community, right? Um, so at the minute 40 mark, she makes this statement. She says, only black community is the only community that demands justice for essentially the lowest common denominator. Basically, we're the only community that demands justice for in her in her mind or her her eyes the the lowest uh, of us right the the criminals and, and those sorts of folks right and i first off i'd say hey good we all should right we'll, yeah. we're christians right bible says we're supposed to demand justice in, in life and and dignity for everybody the widows the poor all of that everybody right so great thank you that's a compliment she presents it as a negative right that we are the other communities don't worry about the criminals and the troublemakers right that obviously ignores the entire element of systemic racism which is what we're dealing with right <laughs> that yeah. um that the black community is subject is subjected to more issues of over policing poverty poor education all of these things that create the environments that lead to criminal behavior and activities and even criminalization of non-criminal behavior <laughs> and activities, you know, that that we're fighting against here, right? Um, so that's kind of nonsense. But if, if you talk about Black folks demanding justice, part of that is because we all understand, well, not all, clearly, but many Black people, especially people that grew up in predominantly Black areas and neighborhoods or around those sorts of uh, things, we understand it's kind of that, you know, but for the grace of God, there go I, right? We know as a black man who grew up in America, I know how easy it is to become a statistic. I know how easy it is to get caught up and go to jail because you don't have to be doing that much, right? For all the various reasons we talked about, just the fact that we've created these hoods and ghettos, the red line and all this, you don't have, you don't have to stray too far off of the straight and narrow to be caught up. So yeah, we do have a lot of empathy for the quote-unquote lowest of our the, the lowest common denominator people that have come out of jail because we all know folks that have been to jail and came out or whatever because we know how easy it is to get caught up there so we know because you went to jail doesn't mean that you're a bad person doesn't mean that you're a bad guy doesn't mean you had even bad intentions maybe you're a lifelong criminal maybe you are a bad guy maybe you are somebody who just constantly makes poor choices but maybe not right and so yeah yeah, Candace, we, we, we demand justice for those people because these are people that the system has determined are the ones that can be thrown away. These are people the system determines are there to fill up the for-profit prisons, right? That, that's their job in our American economy and, and social economic system is to be that fodder. And so, yeah, we do stick up for them. But even that statement isn't true, right? Like, Black people have fought and, and been there fighting for all other, all so, sorts of other uh, disenfranchised groups, you know. Um, just in Minneapolis, it's a, a few years ago, a woman named Justine da uh, Damon, I always mispronounce her last name, was killed by a police officer. This was the only time a police officer was convicted of killing somebody in Minnesota, and I don't remember, I think within the last 100 police killings. Just so happens, Justine Damon was white. Not only white, I believe she was Australian, right? And not only that, the person that was convicted was a black officer, right? And guess how I know that black people were in the middle of that fight? Because my father, a black man who was on the, the Wild Wild World a couple of weeks ago, was in the middle of leading that fight for justice for her. So yeah. 
and I, and I know that this goes on all around the country. So it is not true that the black community only cares about its low. No, we care about justice for everybody. I'm not saying that black people should be deified in that we're, you know, we're the, the that by nature of our blackness, we're the greatest people. But no, as, as a group, as a collective, understanding that we have been denied justice for so long, in general, black people and, and black activists and fighters and people that fight for justice typically do so along all fronts. Because we understand, hey, if a woman like Justine uh, Damon can be killed by the police, and if nothing happens to that officer, then we are truly screwed too, <laughs> you know. So we're always so we're always fighting for justice. Um, and and lastly, and I let, let you hit on it, Will. I did just want to point out too, it's also not true that only black people demand justice for the lowest common denominator, because as I mentioned before, there are many many stories out there of black men being killed, murdered hung up, um, lynched, you know, uh, in, in, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s for doing so little as like whistling at white women, poor white women, right? So mm -hmm. not, it's not only black people that, 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 that demand justice for the poor and destitute in society. Because for years, the one thing that poor white folks had was that they were better than blacks. And if a black person committed anything that they deemed as disrespectful, to a white person, it was a death sentence, an absolute yeah. death sentence. So none of that nonsense is true. Go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. You know, you're going to get me ranting on this. So I, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I go. No, I was just going to add to your previous point. We even just saw, even within this Wild Wild World season, um, tons of Black people writing for uh, discrimination against Asian Americans during COVID-19. Right. Much of that collective that we had on the very first episode of the season is partnered with by black people because of the understanding of needed justice, you know, discrimination, these type of things. So to say, you know, black people only write for black people, that's an awful, crazy generalization with no backing. You know what I mean? Right. We're the ones always talking about black and brown and all, and all those sorts of things even to the point where, again, we had those conversations earlier uh, in the season where I was at times saying, yeah, like, how, like how deep we want to go with some of this right and and i've come around and i've seen a lot of our asian brothers and sisters riding with us um and and just riding with justice too i won't just say with us recently as well but there was a lot of black folks that you know when when the racism was hitting the fan with the COVID 19 that were purposely going to supporting asian businesses and things in china specifically chinese businesses and, and and whatnot so yeah that's a good point you make there will uh, uh, so, um, moving on to the next uh, next comment or phrase. At the three-minute mark, uh, well, actually, we already kind of talked about this. She says again that George Floyd was made a hero, which, again, that's a false narrative. Um, yeah. Never happened, right? Uh, at the 325 mark, she says George Floyd was not an amazing person, which, I mean, look, that's just rude, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah it's just like in my mind that's just disgusting because again it comes off the premise of you in some way shape or form think you can qualify the value of someone's life based off how amazing whatever that means you deem it right like that's that's utterly nonsense just in normal human dignity but especially to the christian that should be utter nonsense right if mm -hmm. we're creating the image of god to say anything remotely like that that's crazy it's ridiculous. And, and let's break it down just a, a step further, right? This Candace Owens is like through, through this whole time she's talking essentially about law and order, right? Later she says, how hard is it to not be a criminal and to not do this, that, and other, right? So if we extrapolate that, right, 
people that are typically very much on that law and order scale or about following the rules, yada, yada, you, you went to jail because you deserved it, right? What is it that people are supposed to do when they get out of jail, right? Now, we know that we have, or at least you should know, if you don't know, you know, read a book or an article or something, we know that recidivism is high in this country. When you, when you go to jail, especially as a felon, when you're put in the system, it is hard to get out and stay out because of all the factors that are playing against you, right? So George Floyd had some convictions, some different things he was dealing with, the vast majority of them for drugs and, and whatnot, right? Um, not, not even comes, yeah. yeah, not even distribution. I think a couple times he was, one of them was like less than an ounce of cocaine or something like, just stuff like that, right? And um, when you get out of jail, what should you do? We talk about turning your life around, right? We, we love to, especially conservatives, love to celebrate people that turn their lives around. Well, they did that time and now that, all of that nonsense. All, all evidence points to the fact that George Floyd, since he's been released from jail, or, or in over the past couple of years, and since he moved to Minneapolis, he's been involved in different volunteer projects. He's worked, he's volunteered at church, volunteered in different community organizations, uh, worked with uh, with young people in a, in a basketball league that he kind of helped start, um, trying to help people do better, right? So by all accounts, he's been doing positive things for his community. By all accounts, everything we've heard of, and again, you know, we all know that if there's any negativity, it's going to come out just like everybody's pulling out his record, right? But all accounts, everybody has talked about him like, hey, he's a good guy, right? Even the people in Minneapolis that didn't know him for 40 years or whatever, they only know him for, known him for a couple of years, say, hey, he's a good guy. Uh, they were on the radio, or I'm sorry, there was a podcast on The Athletic where they brought, uh, David Aldridge brought in some different uh, folks from the Twin Cities area. And there was uh, one brother whose name is Leave My Mind, who's respected around the area. He's been on KMOJ, which is a local uh, black run station. And he was saying he also does a, uh, um, a class, essentially they train truck drivers. And George Floyd was in his class trained to be a truck driver. And he basically said, yeah, he was a good guy. He was on, like he showed up, he was respectful, not, like he was trying to do do his best or whatever. Like he didn't have nothing ill to say about the guy. And we haven't really heard anything negative about him as a person other than people pointing out those things he was convicted of. And we're not co-signing, you know, any violent crime or anything like that. But to say, well, he wasn't a, uh, what was the word? He wasn't an amazing person. You know, he seems like the person that's doing everything he's supposed to do for the most part since yeah. being yeah. locked up. And, you know, maybe he, he might have had some drugs in his system. But look, we, we know obviously he's been dealing with drug issues for a long time. And this is so, anyways, I don't even want to get into the thing about how good of a person he is. And it's just disgusting, like you said, to yeah. come out there and, and, and disparage his, part, his, um, his character after all of that. Right. Yeah. No, that's exactly. That's why it's. Just that part alone, really, I don't know, when people who claim Christianity share that with me, like, it shows you really where your, uh, your thoughts about the world are. They're not shaped by the gospel, not at all. Oh. Um, so. Did they deserve what happened to them based on their history? Yeah, it's just a, it's a disgusting narrative to build in the fact that it's even could be in something like this. It's just, there's no arguments to make against it. That's just disgusting. Yeah, it's no compassion, no empathy, no no love, no anything. No and, value of life. Just straight value of life is not fair. Right. Exactly. Um, so what's the next thing we want to break down? Well, I, I got a couple of things. We kind of talked about them already. Uh, How far are you in the video? I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Well, right there we were at, that was at the 325 mark. 
my next thing I wanted to skip ahead to, because I think she talked about, about his criminal record at this point, which is stuff we've already kind of talked about. Or am I missing something? No, she uh, so pretty early on, she talked about some his criminal record and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, so I wanted to jump ahead to 840, right? Um, when she makes a statement that uh, the uh, black culture is broken and we want to martyr criminals, right? We want to mm. martyr criminals. Now, that's a, a wild statement. She obviously had, she provides no, like, facts or statements or anything to back that up. It's just, or, you know, it's just something she throws out there, right? Yeah. Uh, and you already talked about martyring, right? <laughs> like, you know, no, when the police kill somebody, they're not a martyr, um, as you mentioned. Um, I'll reiterate, Black folks haven't martyred any of these people. Not really. Because the point is not to deify them. And I don't think people in general have tried to do that. They have said that these people did not deserve to die. And we're going to say their name and remember them because we don't want their, those deaths to be in vain. Right? So we try to hum, humanize them. Hey, these are people. And it's just not Black people. This is everybody that is on the side of justice. These are human beings that did not deserve to die at the hands of those who are sworn to protect them. Right, yeah. and that's what it is. Whether it's Sandra Bland, Philando Castle, all these names that you know, right? Mm -hmm. We're not deifying people, right? We're understanding people are people, and we're saying that those people, you know, the police who are charged with going out and dealing with people, right? <laughs> you know, I often hear, oh, well, they deal with the criminals and the worst of the worst, and blah 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 blah. blah. You know, it, 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 they get hardened. No, you know, I'm sure that that's part of the job, sure. But your job is to deal with people. The people in the community, right? It's it, and they're people. They're gonna be flawed. Some some might have some sort of record. Some might not. Some might have an attitude. Like your job, you don't get a pass because the people you deal with aren't perfect angels all the time. Especially when they're dealing with uh, police in the high stakes or kind of high stress uh, moment. But you know, I did say on a level though, she is right, right. And I say she's right, because there are some criminals that we do mark, right? Martin Luther King, he went to jail a few times. See a criminal? Malcolm X, definitely had criminal history, right? Plenty of other black civil rights leaders spent plenty of nights in jail. Nelson Mandela they, spent a long time in jail. Yeah, he's a, he's a criminal. So there's a lot of criminals that we do deify hmm. in the black community, right? And in, in, in general, you know, in the world, a lot of criminals that we deify and that we show love to. Mark Wahlberg, people been talking about him. He's a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, what's my man named from uh, from uh, Home Improvement? Tim 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 Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah, he's yeah. a criminal. We <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm being silly. But um, it's nonsense. And, and that goes to, and she didn't go here, but, you know, people like to say that about, like, the, the hip hop, you know, well, we deify rap and violence and all that nonsense. And actually, she mentioned it later. So, um, as a matter of fact, I probably shouldn't get too far um, ahead of myself here. But it's hard to do it in order because it all weaves together. I know she says a lot of nonsense. We try to do it in order. She said, yeah, but I'll pause on that. We'll get to to some of that stuff she talks about a little bit later. But I don't know. Well, do you have anything so to say on this? This is around the same point she says this and it ties to what you're saying. It's the same thing with. Um, I guess I don't know how to tie it, but she talks about right around that same area about then blacks are apparently deifying criminals, right? Mm -hmm. So one, what does it mean to be a criminal, which was your point? 
And then she gives uh, some stat with absolutely no source, and I haven't been able to find a source for it, <laughs> about blacks committing a dis disproportionate amount of crime, right? And she says, yeah. She's talking about black, black, black people are 13% of the population, and therefore black men are 6% of the population, and we commit like... 44% of murders. That's what she says, right? Something there, like that. I can't, I can't find the... One, I can't find the stat anywhere. Two, that's crime stats. We have to understand how they work because we like to throw out stats all the time, but we don't actually put them in their actual context, right? Mm -hmm. All the crime stats from the FBI, the things that you can look up crime stats on, which don't, don't have these numbers, right? Um, they're going based off of arrest, not convictions, mm -hmm. right? So right there automatically... That could actually help prove the point that blacks are arrested more, but that right. doesn't mean there's more crime, right? Right. Uh, so you're doing, you know, you're really mixing up two different things with that, right? And it's the same thing with, um, even when you think about convictions, right? We think about uh, the Central Park Five, right? Which has been big with the uh, docu-movie that Ava did, When They See Us, right? That you can be convicted and innocent. That's the points that all of this is trying to get to, right? Well, that, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, that's just the point that, you know, you're really pointing back to the whole reason any of these protests are starting because there's a system that is already criminalizing being black. Oh, yeah. In general. And, 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 and let's just briefly, briefly talk about that criminal justice system. And I think um, if you want an easy way to digest this, I believe uh, they were doing the Bornes documentary, the 13th talks about some of this a little bit. It's been a while since I've seen it. I think it does. But the whole criminal justice system, we, when we talk about convictions, is set up to convict people too, right? Yeah. Um, very, very few percentage, uh, a small percentage of the people, of the how can I say this? A small percentage of the people that are charged with crimes like felonies actually take those things to trial, those those cases to trial, because the system is literally set up in a way to tell you not to do so. Most of them take plea deals, right? So what we've done in the war on drugs, you know, since the 80s is we, we slapped these huge long sentences on so many of these nonviolent crimes, right? Drug-related crimes. Um, and we said, hey, look, especially depending on, you know, if you've had two or three convictions, um, but hey, look, it, it could be your first time. You had, you know, uh, you know, half a couple ounces of weed on you or some cocaine or whatever it happens to be or that they claim you had on you and you can take it to court if you want if you're convicted you know the max sentence here is 15 years and the judges like to give closer to max sentences to those that are convicted or you could just plead this down you could take this deal plead guilty and you'll serve 18 months including time served not only that but usually if you want to take it to court, take it to trial, you're going to be in jail unless you can afford bail, which bail, a lot of times, again, poor black folks often can't afford bail, right? So you're going to sit in jail for six months to a year to two years awaiting trial where you can, where you know if you don't win, you're going to get, a, you're going to get slapped with a long sentence. So most people say, look, I, 
you know, I, I don't want to spend the next two years of my life waiting to p possibly get sentenced, so they'll plead down. It might be, I think it's something, I've heard the number even as low as 5%. I haven't re researched this recently. It might be only, I think only 5% of cases in the court. And guess what? The courts are still overworked, even with that number, right? So when we say yeah. judges give harsh sentences, is it unreasonable to, to, to say that part of the reason that our sentences are given down is to discourage people from going to trial in the first place because our system literally can't handle people going to trial? If everybody said, if, if everybody charged with a, with, a, with a felony tomorrow said, nope, we're all going to trial, the system would absolutely collapse, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about these stats and these numbers and convictions and whatever, right, we we know for a fact, and this is bleeding into kind of her next point that police brutality is a myth, right? But there there are documented facts that black people, and I'll just stick to black and white right now, that black people are pulled over for traffic stops more frequently and with less actual um, reason behind it, right? Oh, Evidence yeah. behind the cause than white people. Even still, white people are still typically more like, or they are more likely when the car is searched to have something in the car than black. Twice as likely, yeah. Twice as likely, according to actually studies. have something when they are when they are stopped, right? Yeah. But those car those uh, stops for black people are more likely to result in arrests and charges yeah. somehow, some way. So we we overcriminalize black folks. We stop them more often for less reason. We charge them more often, right? We know that in general, black people are, again, as, as a whole, in general, have less money, are, are, are lower on the economic scale than the white people in general. So it's more likely that these black people that are charged with crimes won't be able to afford bail, then more likely that they will then be um, willing to accept a plea deal, which is a conviction, than to fight the crime. It's one thing if you're walking around free for a year before you go to court. It's nothing if you're sitting in jail. <laughs> and they say not, and then they say, "Hey, we'll, we'll also give you time served, right?" So, it, like the whole system is set up to create this reality, right, or to create mm -hmm. these 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 things. And obviously, there are individual choices involved in all of that. But um, I'm, I'm going on a tangent, bro. Uh, but anyway, so but so, what do you think? Again, on, on the next point, she make that police brutality is a myth, and then yeah. providing these stats to. Yeah, she, which is a huge claim to make without ever looking at, like, literally, you could spend, even if you're not good at research, you could spend the next 10 to 15 minutes and find academics at great university papers showing empirical data that her claim here is false, right? right? That police racially motivated free brutality is a myth. That's mm -hmm. just false. You already heard, you know, we talk about the arrest and convictions, the way crimes that work, and the fact that the system's built to lead to convictions, right? Mm -hmm. But the other thing that's trickier when it comes to police brutality, right, is the way those things are reported, right? It's most cities is built off this kind of police self-reporting thing. So it's obviously it's easier to gain data on fatal police encounters, right? So if somebody dies, it's easy to gain data on that because they have to report it. Somebody's dead. And even then they don't report it well, as we just saw like an hour ago with the Breonna Taylor report that was basically blank. But that's a whole nother thing. It, literally, the report's basically blank and you put a few rounds in her back while she's sleeping. But when you think about other parts of police brutality, right? Mm. Um, just unnecessary force. That's all supposed to be self-reported. Now, obviously, it's not... Um, you're not going to want to report if you unnecessarily used unnecessary force and it wasn't fatal. Why would you report that as police, right? So these things don't go reported, which means there's no actual data for
for a lot of those things, right? And even when there are complaints, so I know D. Ray McKesson and his group just did a stu uh, some studies and uh, and they were studying different police departments. There are police departments around the country that have rules on board that say um, even uh, complaints against the, against the police are this basically the records are destroyed mm -hmm. every year or every couple of years or whatever. So those they don't even have long term records on there right so we can't even go back and say okay well you're not self-reporting but let's see how often the community reported something right we can't even do that because so many of these departments are destroying those records right so it's so the data becomes tricky because it's basically prevented from any data being created right right so when it comes to police brutality right this is why we've seen a rise recently because of the revolution of the cell phone camera right mm -hmm. if these things aren't recorded if George Floyd, if that incident isn't recorded, none of this happens, right? Because his report, equally, if you read his report from the police, is egregiously wrong from what we see in the video. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. They said basically, oh, they noticed he was struggling and then called an ambulance and then he died. It was, it's wild. But it's if, just like, and we if we know that even when when people do report that that officer that killed uh, officer Chauvin that was most responsible for his death. He had 18 citations, right? But nothing is yeah. done to them. He hadn't been punished for any of them, right? I think maybe he had like a couple conversations. So there's no punishment. There's no record. And so, you know, when we talk about doing things the right way, right? A lot of people are upset about the people marching and being in the street causing unrest. When people do things the right way and call the police precincts and say, Hey, this happened. It's not right. Nothing happens. Literally, um, there's another city, I think it's Philadelphia, or it might be Philly, where essentially they say if an if a incident of um, reported misconduct isn't resolved within a year, then there can, there, there can be no punishment given down to the officer, right? Okay. So basically, as, if they drag their feet long enough, you can't punish the officer for misconduct. So, yeah, so everything is set up against the people. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all set up where... There's no data. There's no accountability. Um, so what are you supposed to do? That's why we need, those are simple things for us to reform, right? Mm -hmm. But they don't exist, which makes it where you can look at data difference, which is why I think it's important when it comes to police brutality that we actually, we have to listen to the black experience because the data is being erased, mm -hmm. right? And there's no accountability there. Right. Um, but even with the data we do have, right? Candace Owens threw out some like nonsense stuff, right? With no we, source. Right. And we know for a fact, right? And maybe we'll put sources in the um in the show notes. I got you. Uh but we know for a fact that black people are three times more likely to be killed by police than than white people, right? Yeah. We know that they are also more likely to be killed when unarmed than white people are to be killed when unarmed, right? We know there's no correlation between the amount of violent crime in the area and police killings, right? So often they'll say, well, the, you know, police are in a high, you know, they're in a city with high crime, they're in St. Louis. And so it makes sense that, no, the numbers show that whether you're in St. Louis or San Francisco or name a city that's generally known for being safe, I don't know, Salt Lake City or something, I'm just throwing <laughs> you know, um, that there's no correlation between more or at least a higher percentage of police killings and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, there's whole, there was a whole, I, I, I kind of cited the, the traffic stop, um, study as well, um, where it shows that black people are more likely, and black and Latino folks, uh, more likely to be stopped with less evidence than, than white drivers, more likely to be searched, but less likely to actually find something when searched, right? Uh, so it, it's just all the numbers that are out there, 
show that this is pretty clear, right? It, it, it's in the only arguments that people have against this is well, black people create or black people um, commit more crimes. So is so on some level is justified mm-hmm. that these things are going on. And then again, we're, we're speaking in circles because we simply go back to all of the things mm-hmm. we talked about, all the elements that create the conditions to create uh, more crime. Um, yeah. Let me give you a few more studies, though, just, yeah. to, just to top it off, because there's literally Puss tons of academic one. work on this. Yeah. Tons of academic work on this. It's put crazy. some sprinkles on it, Will. Yeah, let me just <laughs> put it on top. So 2016 study, uh, police accountability for the Chicago Police Department. And I believe this was after the Laquan McDonald killing when this got forced down. Uh, I might be wrong with that, though. 2016, I don't remember what year it is. But they looked at 2008 to 2015, black people made up nearly 75% of all shootings and killings by police in the city of Chicago. Uh 75%, right? And note that population of Chicago is roughly 30% white, 30% black, 30% Hispanic within the city limits, Right. right? It's pretty, pretty even breakdown. And then 2012 to 2015, the same study, blacks were over 76% more likely to be tasered, right? Which mm-hmm. means if you're getting tasered, there's always uh, those other force happening there with police brutality. And, and just real quick, what's interesting about that, as you're mentioning with Chicago, like if you know Chicago, the most densely populated areas of the city um, on the north side, which is, I mean, there's diversity, but you know, it's, it's more white, right? That's where all, where all the bars, the clubs, like, I lived on the north side of Chicago. There's plenty of reason for heavy police presence. And I, to be fair, oftentimes there is, like, you see a lot of cops on the north side of Chicago, right? They're out yeah. there. Um, so the fact that so many of these shootings and taserings and whatnot are um, are non-white folks as well. But go ahead. Yeah, which means they're, you know, south and west side, most of these things are happening, right? So it's over-policing black communities, right? Mm-hmm. But then they also had in that study, they had a traffic stop study with the two 2013, over 100,000 traffic stops, almost half of them were black, and they mm-hmm. only make up 30% of the population, right? And then that same study, whites were twice as likely to actually have contraband on them in the same study. So that's just the Chicago police. But let me add, let me add just two more sprinkles on you. Sprinkle. Rutgers University did a study uh, that resulted in blacks being 2.5 more likely to be killed by police, mm-hmm. right? And there's literally been like you said, you said three times, right? Two One study time. shows three times. All of them, nobody shows lower than two, two times, double, right? right? What it is for black in general. And then you can break that down by gender as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then also, according to models on a Northwestern study, black men and boys, this number is wild, so I want you to hear it, is in their lifetime, are one in a thousand will be killed in their lifetime for black men and boys. By police. Right? by police, right? One in a thousand. Now then here the number for white people and it was pretty similar for all non-black groups. 39 in a hundred thousand uh-huh. are likely to be killed. Like that's a ridiculous number. Mm-hmm. And the second highest was like, I don't know, I think it had Hispanics at like 58 out of a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking about, they couldn't even put it in the hundred thousands, a completely different metric to measure how much uh, how much more likely it is for a black person to be killed by the police. Like right. these are just basic data studies and there's tons of them. All right. And, and you know, what's wild about, especially when we start talking about unarmed folks, 
you know, I think people get this image of, oh, well, you know, black boy, black kids getting killed by the police because, you know, it's some quote unquote gangbanger, you know, and they, you know, it's some shootout like in the movies or whatnot. Like, you know, people do not threaten the police like that. You know, being a police officer is not one of the most dangerous jobs out there. You know, it, it just isn't because um, people don't shoot at the police. Like, and not only that, you know, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but people, we're, we're not out here. You don't see people out there marching when, when and if it even happens. Like if some kid, you know, or some man opens fire on the cops and they shoot back and kill them, right? Mm. Like even even those of us who who want police reform and wholesale change and and don't like the way policing is and feel like you know, and we understand the true nature of police. Even I still I still understand that hey if a cop if you are a cop and someone pulls a gun and someone shoots at you or someone ha- actually has a gun pointed at you I understand that 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 what happens often in that situation is you're going to shoot right <laughs> like and right. I don't know how to phrase it if I'm okay with it like but like we understand that right so people aren't out here marching for that people aren't in the streets about that. People are upset when you see Laquan McDonald surrounded by 20 armed policemen and he has a kitchen knife wandering around in the middle of the highway with nobody within 20 feet of him and they all just open fire him. Right. These are all cops with vests and all that stuff and they they just open fire him. Right. Nobody could get that knife out that kid's hand. Nobody could try. We're upset when Philando Castile says, officer, I'm registered. I'm a registered firearm owner. My You know, the weapon is in the, the glove compartment and they open fire on him. Like, that's the stuff that we're talking about. And there's enough of that that there's a problem. So all of this stuff about who commits the crimes and, and, and all of that nonsense, it has no bearing on this, like, the fact that they are shooting Black people, men and women, <laughs> and choking them and doing all... Eric, Eric Garner was not a threat to anybody when he was running. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, this is the stuff we're talking about. So I, I say that because I just think people get these images in their mind and they think everything... In, in, you know, we got too many cop shows on TV and they think everything is some dramatic situation where a hero needs to get home to his wife. And that's yeah. usually not the case in these situations. Yeah, when, yeah, same with Tamir Rice in Cleveland. I mean, right. a 12-year-old playing in the, Yeah, a 12-year-old playing in the park. And you see the surveillance video of it from there and it's pulled up within like less than three seconds, a 12-year-old shot. Right. Like, it's not, you know, yeah. There's no threats out here, I guess, in that sense, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you did mention police officers not being that dangerous a job. Candace does say something about that. She says, again, without a source, and I can't find a source that says this data, that a police officer is 18 and a half more times likely to be killed by a black person than the other way around. Which Uh, I couldn't find. I have no idea what she was talking about. There's no (laughs) studies there. And... If you just look at dangerous jobs, right? Because cops aren't even in the top 10 most dangerous jobs, according to a government study, where trash collectors, lawn servicemen are in top 10 most dangerous jobs. Cops are not, right? And that's based off injury and killing. Right. So, and what's in, and here's another thing about this, and this is, I won't go on a tangent, but one, cops act like they're, they're doing the most dangerous job ever, right? Like, they make the decisions they make because if they don't, they're just at risk of being murdered every day, right? Um, that's how many cops treat the job. But here's the thing. 
law servicemen, right? We know that there's there are things that can happen there, but most of the time, people that are that are working, you know, in law service or whatnot, you know, that's a skill that they have or whatever, right? But it's not like you have a million options, right? It's not like you get in your PhD and you decide to go into law service, right? Um, there are other jobs that are skilled, like electricians or whatnot, that there's some danger because the thing is naturally dangerous. Most of these folks that are cops, the point, my point is, they chose to become a cop. Most of the people that are cops are granted is not necessarily the best and the brightest, but it wasn't like, yeah, I can become a cop or I'm going to be destitute, <laughs> right? Like, That's you true. usually had some options. So it was a choice that you made to become a police officer. Like, we know, we all know people that joined the military because they kind of felt like, eh, I don't really know what to do with my life, so I'm going to join the military, right? It was like, let's figure this life thing out and do this. Being a cop isn't necessarily like that. Right. Being a cop is not just I don't know what to do with my life. So let me go join the academy. It's usually a conscious choice by somebody that has other options or other things that they could do. And I'm not saying they can, you know, say I can be a cop or I can be a rocket scientist. Right. But there's something else you can do. And so this whole we all have to feel sorry for cops and this blue lives. Ain't no blue lives. There are people that chose this career path, chose it intentionally, and this is what they wanted to do. They could have done other things. They wanted to do this, but now they want all now, and this is where I get annoyed, they want us all to pat them on the back and be ultra sympathetic because their job is oh so hard. Guess what you can do if you're a cop? You can quit that job like any other job. Like you can quit being if being a cop is so hard and stressful, you can leave the job. If you're jaded or whatever, do something else. Like, and you didn't have that much investment in it. So it's not like you spent 10 years, right. eight years on an on a academic career to get to that. You, you, got a, you got your high school diploma or a GED and went to a, a few months of police boot camp. You what's what's, they, what's you they paid for? You didn't go into debt to become a cop? <laughs> yeah, so it's not like the leaving the job is, you know, unhurt, like unfathomable, you know. Yeah, and that's the, this whole cult of policing and this blue lives matter, like where we've turned it into something that it's not. It is, yeah. it, it is not a job that you have to be in for life. It is not a job you're forced into. It, it's we we acknowledge that on some level for some legitimate reasons it can be stressful, you know. And so you know we were going to talk a little bit about the police reform thing, but I've always said, look, we know like countries like Israel, you know, they require their citizens to be. Um, to do military service for, I think it's three years, is it? Well, um, I believe it's, it's a couple years, right? There are many options we can have for this policing thing. It's also hard that, hey, look, require, not that I'm saying, I, I was going to go real far saying, require citizens to put some time in law. But you only have to do that. You can say, look, our, our police forces are going to be community police forces. We're going to have officers that have lived in this zip code or whatever for X amount of years. So from the local high school, you know, we'll hire two officers every four years and you'll serve a four year tour duty and we'll give you a little pension or whatever so that you got a little money to do something with later. And then we'll rotate folks out. You know, like, so if, if, if it is such a stressful thing, if it gets you so jaded, if it creates this culture of us versus them, don't have it be us versus them. Let people p patrol their own communities, right? Yeah. You could, you could pay officers $70,000, you know, for four years. There's plenty of kids fresh out of high school that'll say, I, I, I will police my community for a few years. You know what I'm saying? And put in good training with it, yeah. Right, and put in good training, and I'm only in four years and out, so, like, I don't have time to get as jaded or, or whatever. And I also know I'm not going to be a cop forever, so I might want to treat my fellow citizens with some level of respect. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like there's different options that are available if we choose not to look at them because things have just been the way they are. So we can can wrap about that another time. Yeah, we'll talk about that maybe next episode, the whole defunding police idea and all the different reform ideas there, because there's a lot of them. We just need to be creative and actually put some things into place. Uh, I don't know where we're at in the video. You know where we're at? Um, well, so, you mentioned so the last thing you mentioned was that I was giving like, by a black person and vice versa. And yeah, so that was still kind of debunking the her thing that there's no such thing as racially motivated police brutality. Yeah, it, yeah. So all of that, all of that's why there was no stats for that. That 18.5 percent more like that, we couldn't find that at all. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll be able to find it later or something. But I don't know where she got that from. It seemed a bit wild. Um, she goes into black on black crime. Yeah, crazy. so there's some a few things she said, and honestly, I don't remember. I wrote them down. I don't remember exactly what she said, but she started with this whole black on black crime nonsense, and that's part like, of the script, man. I called that in the script. Yeah, and look, I'm, I'm gonna say this because there might be p- people here that are listening that don't understand this, or if you're gonna share this with somebody that shared this video with you, which we hope you do. I, I want to be able to say this and kind of get this on record, right? But I don't talk about this often because it's pretty clear. There's no such thing as black on black crime. Black on black crime is a term that was created to create a narrative, right? Every stat we have on crime shows that people of all races, creeds, and colors commit crimes in the places where they live and where they operate. America is segregated. So most of the time, they are committing crimes, those that commit crimes, in areas of other people of their same race. Most violent crimes that are committed are committed against people of the same race as the perpetrator. Meaning, Mm -hmm. when there are murders, when a white person is murdered, it is usually a white person that does the murder. Saying when a black person is murdered, it's usually a black person that does the murder, right? So this notion of black on black crime is a lie. You don't hear about white on white crime, Asian on Asian, like none of that. So it, it, it's not true. It doesn't exist. Crime is simply crime, right? Um, now, Candace Owen also makes the argument that, oh, well, basically black people don't, like she says, like, we're our biggest problem because of black on black crime and we should be fighting against that. This is where, if you remember early on, I said she says some nonsense that only flies when she's talking to uh, white America or Americans that don't know black folks that don't know <laughs> black experience, right? Why do I yeah. say this? Because every black area, every city in the country, every black neighborhood in the country has all sorts of programs, events, organizations, things like that, that are dedicated to in general things that are improve the community. So whether it's after school programs, education, um, tutoring, all these things, all these things that the, where the system has failed black America, there are to organizations within every community that is trying to do what, do what they can to make up for these things. You know some of the major ones like the NAACP and the Ur- Urban League and all those, right? Um, every year, all over the place, there are marches to stop crime in these communities, right? There are people like in Chicago, the peacekeepers, right? It is a group of men who they go out and they try to solve, pro- they try to stop confrontations when they happen. They, they Somebody calls them up like, hey, these guys over here are having an issue. They go and try to stop confrontations so that it doesn't turn violent, right? There's Moms Against uh, Gun Crime, whatever that name is, um, whatever the name of that group is. Black people consistently, everywhere you look, 
are out here saying we are trying to lessen the amount of crime in our area. We're trying to fight crime in the area. We're trying yeah. to prevent murders and things of that nature. All of these other forces of poverty and lack of education, all these things are creating these uh, environments that breed crime and not just in black areas because the same thing happened in, other, in areas of white folks and other races when all these things are present. They're just much more present in black communities, right? Yep. And so we all know this. If you are either in, in uh, living around black people, if you've been in those areas, if you just talk to folks, you, you know that this is going on, which is why I say this, this whole thing with Candace Owens and those, and those that are sharing this is disingenuous because it is easy. Google the name of your city and you can, in community organizations, you can find them all over the place. I grew up going to some of them, attending some of them. I knew of them. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there are yeah. all sorts of organizations that I've, I've been to and seen marches and all sorts of stuff that are about this very issue. So when people try to tell you, oh, well, black people don't care about black on black crime. Black people need to fight. We are. We have been. <laughs> it just, it's not on the news like that and quite frankly oftentimes that element doesn't involve other communities as much so when I say hey my, my, my brown and white and Asian brothers and sisters we all try to come together on this no because it's usually about people literally in the communities where they live in fighting this fight yeah yeah and that I mean you took my two two biggest points that I don't think Candace has been to a black community because it's pretty evident every summer right Right. Uh, there's always marches against violence. There's always, especially churches interceding in these things, like actually changing it. So that's ridiculous. But the other thing to add on to that is that this is just a logical fallacy, hmm. right? Like to to bring up any, even if black on black crime was a thing, which we just said it really isn't, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it was, what does that have to do with police brutality against black lives, right? right. It's right. just a it's just a distracting side thing. It doesn't have anything to do with any logical argument, right? It's just right. a way to try and shift the conversation to a different place. Again, to devalue lives, to say, if there's so much black and black crime, then blacks are criminals and right. so on and so forth. As if the, the police's job is now different and you can kill black people. Just right. because in general, black people do X, Y, and Z. So now it's okay to do... No, you're right. It, it's, it's, it's just, just a, a logical fallacy. It doesn't doesn't work so it's you know what's a lot of stuff she said but you know we are breaking it down and not she says so that people can understand and another thing she said she said we don't take personal responsibility in our community we blame white people we we just broke down all the different things she's never been to a black community right it's, it's a lot now you, you'll start to hear people that will talk about the system you'll hear people talk about the man and whatnot right because there is it's it's real like systemic and systematic racism is real we know it is right but people don't mm -hmm. you know this whole narrative that so many black people just sit around and say well i'm stuck i mean yeah on some level does that happen yeah, especially when you got a community that's basically been beat down for four hundred some years, you have you have a lack of hope a lot of times, which is another thing that you pour that into the that poverty mixture, and that creates things like crime and violence. Is a lack of hope, lack of caring about yourself and others, right? That happens. That so we won't deny that that's real. But if black people didn't take responsibility, all those things we talked about wouldn't exist, right? All, all these organizations and, and people that are volunteering their time, energy, and money. George Floyd wouldn't have been volunteering his time to young people and work in, in these different organizations and things that he did, you know, if he didn't care, if, you know, he wasn't about taking responsibility. He wouldn't have moved to Minneapolis to, you know, start a better life if he wasn't taking responsibility, 
right? He just sat there in Houston or whatever it was. I'm like, yeah, well, I guess it is. this is it. <laughs> well, <laughs> even while he was in Houston, all the report there was an article in Christianity Today about him literally being part of a church there, helping yeah. spread the gospel in Houston. Right. Like, that's a brother in Christ. Whatever he's struggling with, it don't matter, right? Right. That's crazy, you know? Yeah. So, so then she says something that uh, that I found just extremely hilarious. Said black people, we celebrate our drug dealers. <laughs> now it is a funny one. That it, it is a funny one. So I'm gonna start off by we'll take her uh, face value here. Is it true that there are quote unquote drug dealers in the black community, and you know that so much of the, the quote unquote black community exists? You celebrate it on some level, yeah, right on some level. You know, we talk about rappers that have talked about the the drug, you know, the the drug exploits or whatnot, um, but we don't celebrate them because they sold drugs. We celebrate them because of you know their music and so as much as you celebrate an artist, right? People just enjoy their music. Um, you know, in local communities, there's you know sometimes infamous drug lords and whatnot. And I guess the people, you know, are they celebrated? I don't know if they're celebrated. Maybe within a small segment of the population. But, you know, they're not really celebrated. They might be known and infamous. Sometimes you'll get things like, you know, a movie Paid in Full, which talks about, like, Rich Porter and folks like that in New York. Or you'll hear about, like, the Black BMF, the Black Mafia family out of Philly. And so, you know, within um, certain circles, you know, those people get a little bit of a, little bit of a, I guess, infamy, right? Comma, however, Will. Drug dealers in America are celebrated in general. Yeah. And hit around, right? Some of the most popular movies that have ever been made in this country, Scarface, yeah. All right, Al Pacino about a drug dealer. Uh, Goodfellas, starring Robert De Niro and other white folks. <laughs> uh, Al Pacino and what drug dealers? Casino drug dealers. Godfather, some of my favorite movies. These folks, they'll drug. Empire too. Yeah, well, actually, it, they actually talked about staying away from drugs. A big part of the plot was was getting into drugs, literally. And this was in, yeah. a, in the forties, right? So, what you know, Chris Rock? No, it was it was either Chris Rock or Dave Chappelle? I can't remember now. I, they're nothing alike in terms of comedians. I think it's Chris Rock. He said white people are the only group that are allowed to profit from pain, right? So, mm. we have all like. The, the most popular uh, TV show of the last 20 years, at least in terms of critical acclaim and all of that, is The Sopranos about New Jersey crime bosses. So when white folks celebrate criminals and whatnot, it's perfectly okay. There's all sorts of heist movies, Ocean's Eleven, right? The, mainly white folks cause, uh, creating crimes. It's okay. It's entertainment. We celebrate them, whatever. Some of these are about real people, right? Um, yeah. let's, let's not get it twisted. Some of these are based on, a lot of them are based on real people. Um, matter of fact, the, 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 uh, the what's it called? The Italian? No, the, uh, the Irishman that just came out on Netflix last oh, year. Yeah, yeah. Like the four-hour yeah. movie with De Niro and Pacino and... Um, and um, Joe Pesci and all of those guys uh, was about the mafia and corrupt union bosses and hitmen and all of that. It's perfectly fine. But some black folks like put, you know, the name of some Harlem drug dealer in a rap song and now it's a problem. 
Now we're, now we're the, supposedly we're the only community that celebrates our drug dealers. As if we didn't just off the top of our head name five different movies, TV shows, whatever that everybody knows and is familiar with. That are literally so, hundreds. Right. That are about drug dealers and criminals and all those things. And then not one of them black, except, you know, Don Cheeto in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> like, <laughs> he ain't even the main guy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's some nonsense. So th- that's one of those, that's one of those, you're talking out the side of your neck type of, <laughs> type of statements. But yeah. people hear that they act like it's true. Yeah. They're not, and you don't even have to think hard about that either. I mean, saying that like Breaking Bad, Super mm-hmm. popular TV show about a white guy getting his life right through making meth. Like, mm-hmm. it's just tons of them, and it's and, not and, it's ridiculous. And let's name the black show that's popular that deals with drug dealers, whatnot. The Wire, right? Oh, yeah, what, the Wire showed a very realistic depiction of it. It showed the hot, like the the negatives of drug dealers. You know, these main character drug dealers being being killed or being put in jail or whatever. They didn't have happy endings, right? Yeah. So when is when it is black folks, most of the time there is some level of come uh, come down or you know, like they're, they're brought to the to their knees a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that there are very few elements of of. Um, black entertainment and black music or outside of music but black shows or whatever where the criminals the drug dealers whatever are successful or just you know get away or 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 it's done with some sort of levity right so it's deadly serious you know um so yeah it's it's nonsensical and but we i say this because again i want people to make sure that they're thinking about that because you well you and i we know that it's nonsense but Mm -hmm. a lot of people i think hear stuff like that and they're like yeah that is true yeah, you know, Jay-Z sold drugs. Man, we celebrate Jay-Z. It, like, all, it, it, and, and they don't think about the next step. So make sure, and if you're sharing this with people, tell them to actually think about these things from both sides. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't know what else to say. She's still got wild stuff. So, uh, look, I'll go down my list if you don't got nothing, nothing go, on there. Go down your list and I'll comment, yeah. 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 <laughs> so she said something wild. Well, she, she said, basically, if you want to make George Floyd your hero, go ahead and do it. If you want to put him on your wall, go ahead and do it. I'm not going to do it. He's not a hero, essentially. My hero was Kobe Bryant. I'll celebrate Kobe, and you celebrate George Floyd. One, that was weird and random to me. Like, it doesn't Kobe, even Kobe Bryant was your hero? Like, are you a young basketball player? Or like, like well, I think weird. I think she could say that, right, because – with him being gone, right, he couldn't call her out on her BS. Well, and I, I, I really, honestly, will. I thought like that. This is definitely pandering. Like you're only saying Kobe's name because you feel like you'll get some points, or it shows some level of authenticity amongst your audience. Supposedly, like that's the plan, right? But here's the thing: you just got done slandering George Floyd all this time, talking about he's not an awesome person, and R.I.P. Kobe, but. Kobe was an accused rapist. Kobe did spend the majority of his career saying things like, I don't need friends. <laughs> Our friends would I retire and alienating his teammates and berating people. Like Kobe was a mini Jordan. He just didn't win quite as much as Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody accused Kobe Bryant of being a good person until after his retirement, the kind of last few years, when he began to kind of calm down and make himself. Yeah, he had a shift in things, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe that's strategic, but you know, I did think think, you know, did seem like Kobe has some, you know, got some perspective in life or whatever, and ultimately did seem like, you know, a pretty decent guy at the end of things, right? But 
you're a grown woman. If Kobe Bryant's your hero, it's not because of what he did the last two years of his life. It's because of what he was doing when he was playing, if if you're being genuine. And for the vast majority of that time, Kobe Bryant was a, like unabashed, unapologetic jerk, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. who had been accused of rape. And so for her to get up there and use that as an example, I just thought was absolutely wild. And I'm like, you're just talking out your neck now. <laughs> like you, you really are. So, I mean, it's just, a, I don't know, it's egregious to me, man. Like that doesn't make... It's just so obvious that you're trying to like find some way to cater to, you know, like it's not even connected. It just doesn't make sense. I don't know. No, I it was, it was wild. I just thought it was a real hypocritical statement. Cause I'd be, I'd be, cause she would never say it if Kobe was still alive. No. She would never say it because Kobe would call like something that blew up like this. He might. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, Kobe spoke a lot of, so. I guess I can't say anything for Kobe, but he obviously, might've. you know. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised. Well, you, and here's the thing, though. It w- really wouldn't matter because, again, Co- if, even if Kobe spoke out, the people that will hear Kobe and agree with him are not the people she's talking to. You know what That's I mean? True. Like, That's she's true. talking to a different audience, right? Um, and speaking of, you know, the audience she's talking to will take the this, this statement she made and believe it. So that our biggest problem is us. We don't talk about it. Now, again, I say Candace Owens. I don't know what you mean by we, right? Like, she... Just does definitely does not seem to be part of the quote unquote black community, right? Um, but that's also a doggone lie. It's a bold face, flat out, blatant lie. It's yeah. like what will we'll, we'll, this will run at some point. We talked about earlier. That's had a two hour conversation that will run at some point on the Wild Wild World uh, next network here. Next, next few weeks with a brother where we talked about things like this, right? Things like, um, crime and, and things in the black community and things that the black community that black people can do to better this situation this is a constant conversation a constant thing and it, it's those conversations that create the organizations that we talked about that create the rallies and marches for peace and the after school programs and the tutoring and things that we discussed right like yeah. that's what it is People talk about this all the time. The black community has never just sat back and been like, oh, well, white folks did this to us, so I guess we're stuck. No, nah, I mean, again, maybe some, maybe a few select folks, but in general, the black community has always, literally since its existence, been having discussions and figuring out ways to better our situation as much as we can. So to say we don't talk about it is a lie. I, I can't say that strong enough. It's a straight up lie. It is an absolute lie. I don't know of any black people that haven't had this conversation, right? And I'd be interested if you if you're black and you've never had this conversation with somebody or whatever, let us know because pretty sure every black person has had this conversation multiple times. Like, what do we need to do? You know, because I often say there's a macro and a micro. You know, the macro level is the systems that are in place and all that. The micro is your individual life and the decisions you make despite whatever those systems are, right? And what can yeah. we do in the micro to make our individual lives better and the lives of our direct community better? And it's a regular thing. People talk about it all the time. So I'm going to say one last time, that's a bold-faced lie. And that's how you know she ain't talking to black people. Because <laughs> she couldn't yeah. say that in a room full of black people without getting laughed or booed out of the room. Impossible. Yep. 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 That's facts. I got nothing to say on that. Nothing to say. I will look, the, the last quote I have, and I'm sure you might have some other things on it. The last quote I wrote down, or wrote down, uh, actually, it wasn't even a quote. It's her whole rant at about like the 17-minute mark about cool, 
the word coon, right? Oh, yeah. He talked yeah. about, oh, is Ben Carson a coon because he was a surgeon? Da, da, da. Is Kanye West a coon? Da, 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 right? Now, this is a little bit of talking, um, you know, in mixed company. <laughs> say, say, right? Because, you know, a coon is, is a term that black folks use for other black folks that are usually doing some Uncle Tom nonsense. Because I know I use a slang term to describe a slang term. <laughs> right. <laughs> but essentially, what a coon is, is somebody that either has kind of turned their back on black people or is specifically working against black people, black progress, black freedom um, in ways like Candace Owens is doing by making false arguments, false statements that are, you know, essentially designed to stoke the fires of, of uh, white racists, right? That is cool behavior. It has nothing to do with your intelligence, right? The reality is if Candace Owens wasn't intelligent, we would never talk about her, right? Because she's doing what she's doing in a very intelligent way because it's reaching the audience it's intended to. So I say that because I think there will, will be white people or non-black people that see that. And this, if the, all they're hearing is Candace Owens, right? And especially if they're not aware of who she is, they'll be thinking, oh, wow, black people really just, I guess they, they, they diss other black people that disagree with them. There's nothing to do with people disagreeing. Right, it has nothing. To do, black people don't all think the same. There are many different opinions about what we can do to better society or whatever within uh, the quote-unquote black community. Um, but being a coon has nothing to do with intelligence. It has nothing to do with disagreement. It has everything to do with you blatantly and purposefully going against your own people. When I say your own people, what I mean is the betterment in general of black Americans, which is the nonsense she's doing. Right? Yeah. It's not just. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I, I kind of disagree, and I, I think police brutality isn't as big of an issue because I think we can do better. And da, da, da. like, there are people that can have opinions that I disagree with, and it's not being a cone; it's you just disagree, right? Being a cone is what she's doing, and being out here, you know, kind of shucking and jiving, and being being the token to be brought out there to appease racists. And people call Kanye a cone when he was out there. Um, not only just wearing a MAGA hat, but saying things like slavery was a choice, right? Mm -hmm. That's cool behavior, not just disagreement, right? That's what that's what people talk about. So when people, if you see black people call Candace Owens a coon, it's not because we disagree with her, and I didn't even didn't even use that term towards her, right? It's not because oh she's intelligent, not because oh she just is a part of the high mind. No, it's because she she is. It's like if a woman got out here and was like, you know what? The reason there is, you know, and I don't even know if I believe in the term rape culture, but the reason there's rape culture is because all all us women getting molested are asking for it, and we just got to do better, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's essentially the equivalent, you know? It, like, and I don't even want to use any other examples before I mess around and accidentally offend somebody. But it's just coming out there and saying so blatantly against your your group, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's what it is. So I, I'll leave it at that. Um but please don't be fooled with the nonsense he's saying. Yeah, no, that's real. That's real. I don't have anything else to say. It was long. That was an 18 minute video we had to go through. But I think the the big key, right? We want to lay this out for you, make it easy for you. Um, but the big thing is that we can't. Social media is, you know, it's a double edged sword, right? Anytime you see stuff, you need to do your homework. You need to spend time actually thinking. We need to, you know, actually call people to truth right mm -hmm. and this is one of those things where everybody who's sending you know most people send me some people sending me to just see my thoughts on it not necessarily that they agree with it but 
uh, if you're going to send this as a source to support your already cultural beliefs, you know, you don't actually care. You well, don't and, actually wrestle with it. And when you hear this or anything else, even like anything else that is tickling your ear, just make sure that like what they're saying is actually true. Right. Exactly. Make sure that what you're hearing is truth in terms of if you if, if a number is being thrown out, double check the number. Right. Like I've, I've kind of been in this world for a while. So I, I know I don't know every percentage down to, to you know, the decimal <laughs> or to the hundredth. But I know most of these kind of general facts and about where they stand. Right. So when she says some nonsense, like black people are 18 and a half times more likely, but like like, OK, that doesn't sound right to me. Right. But if you're not familiar with this stuff, don't just take what somebody says because it sounds good. Right. Sound like when, when you're in church and a pastor, don't take my word for it. It's here. Like, read the word. Like, they're not just some of them are saying it because it's, you know, preacher talk. But it's true. Don't take don't take their word for it. Check it for yourself. So just because somebody sounds passionate or whatever, just because they seem sounds like intelligent or, and throws sounds numbers and stats out. Yeah. Yeah or is emotional, whatever, it doesn't mean that it's true. And I'm saying that no matter what side of the aisle you fall on, because Candace Owens got out there and, and 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 she's very smart. She made it seem like this was an off-the-cuff video, right? And she was holding her head. I'm pretty sure, I wouldn't be shocked if she spent, you know, four hours, <laughs> you know, preparing this or whatever, right? But she made it seem like it's off-the-cuff and she's passionate. And if you already are kind of in agreement, you're like, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Make sure the things he's saying is true. We're in the age of Google. Figure it out, right? Google yourself uh, or, you know, hey, talk to somebody that you know disagrees and see if, you know, th there's, there's something you're missing. That's what we hope, I hope we did, was give you a little bit of um, insight and background if, if you, you know, if you don't have that or if whoever you're sharing that with doesn't have that. So I hope this was helpful in some way, shape, or form before I go back to not ever talking about Candace Owens again. <laughs> this is uh this is the end of that conversation but uh yeah hopefully it's helpful to you we'll be back for another episode this is what episode nine season three we'll be back next week probably in the same lane we'll see i don't know we might bring some stuff back you never know you uh, never we'll know next week all right appreciate y'all yep peace out Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild Wild World Show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Twitter at KingdomXDreams and learn more at KingdomDreamer.com.